made it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, glad you're all here. Glad you made it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. And it's been a couple of weeks since we did a stream because Christmas was on a Wednesday. New Year's was on a Wednesday. And I do live streams on Wednesdays. So kind of got uh, upstaged by the holidays. But we're back now, and I'm glad to be here with you all. Hope you're all doing really, really well. Um, since it's been so long, I just want to do a quick check-in, make sure that the uh, video is okay and the sound is okay, if you guys could let me know, just because it's been a little while, and I want to make sure that uh, that everything's in good shape. So I'll keep looking out for that while I tell you what we're going to do tonight, which is... Um, I'm going to give you some exciting updates. I have some cool stuff going on. I'm going to tell you about all that sound and video are okay. Great. Thanks, HC Aqua and the Zen Ginger and no, not, <laughs> not Nola Jane and everyone else. Thanks for letting me know. Hey, Tiffany, good to see you. Um, so we got some good stuff going on. I'll tell you about it. And then after that, I'll look for questions and comments to respond to. You can talk about anything fish related, fish hobby related, and we'll take care of that. Oh, I didn't set up Nightbot for the giveaway. Let me do that real quick. It'll only take a second. That's the good thing about Nightbot. Totally forgot. Okay, here we go. We're connected. Okay, so we're going to give away some cool fish today, and I'll tell you all about that at the... Uh, before we open up to questions and comments. Okay, let's see here. I haven't thought of a keyword for tonight. Uh, once we talk about the fish we're giving away, maybe y'all can help. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> okay, got it. Duh. <laughs> it's so obvious. Okay, so here we go. First thing I want to do is thank one of my customers. Um, it's, it's an interesting story. Um, the day after Christmas, I go out on my porch and I see a fish box, uh, a styrofoam fish box, obviously a fish box. And my heart sank a little bit because I don't like to get unexpected fish because I only have so much tank space. And, you know, I'm not interested in every species and stuff. So I, I appreciate it when people think of me and want to send me fish. But when I get boxes of fish unannounced, it's just kind of like it's kind of like if someone came to your house and was like, here, here's a puppy. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Right. So I, I got the box and I was like, oh, man, someone sent me fish. And part of me is all happy and appreciative that someone would think of me. And the rest of me is like, oh, I hope there are species I want, I hope I can find a spot for them. All that is going on in my head, right? So I open the box and in it, I see this jar with this amber colored liquid. And I'm like, oh, someone sent me a vinegar eel culture. That's, that's much better. That's great. No problem. And so then I open a note that's in the box and the note has a check for 500 bucks from a customer who just basically said, um, you know, I like what you're doing. I like your mission. Um, I appreciate it. Here's 500 bucks. I hope it helps. Just no strings attached. Just an amazing gift out of nowhere. Totally unexpected. And then the note said, I've made you some apple moonshine. I hope you enjoy it. 
which I'm glad they said that because I literally thought at first that it was a vinegar eel, eel, a vinegar eel culture. And I would have like been waiting for the culture to cloud with vinegar eels for months and been like, man, when's this culture going to produce? <laughs> but it's the best surprise ever. It came out of nowhere. So I want to thank that customer. I'm not going to say their name because I don't know if they want you know, their name shared, but just thank you so much from, from me and my family. It was, uh, made a big impact. 500 bucks is nothing to sneeze at when you're making the kind of wages I am right now. And, uh, it was very helpful and we appreciate it. And so unexpected. It just made me feel so good that, um, cause things don't always go perfectly. Right. So it made me feel good that at least there's one customer that had a good enough experience that they were like, man, I'm going to help this guy out. It's worth it to me. So that's the cool story. Um, an update on getgills.com. Jonathan has been looking into it and he, he thinks he's found a way to maybe integrate PayPal onto the platform. So he's digging in more. And the last uh, thing he told me was, I think I found a way to make it work. Now, he hasn't tested it or anything, and he hasn't written all the code and run all the tests for it, but he's a pretty smart dude. Um, He's a senior software engineer. He he knows what he's doing, and he thinks he might have found a way to make it work. So just wanting everyone here that is waiting for PayPal to know we're working on it. And PayPal isn't making it easy. It's not it's not like they have a product and API we can just take and put on the site. There's going to be a lot of customization, a lot of uh, workaround going on. But he thinks he cracked a solution. So just want to let you know we haven't forgot about that. Some people have been waiting for that for over a year. And the reason we haven't done it is just because it's such a <laughs> it's a big job. And we wanted to get other functionality going before we were like, okay, now we're going to take three months to see if we can get this going, right? Um, so that's the update on that. For those that don't know, getgills.com, I'm going to shill a little bit here, is this website. Uh, my brother, Jonathan, and I own this, and it's a place where you can come and search for fish to buy or sell fish and fish supplies. So here's some stuff on it. I haven't done this in a while. For those that don't know this website, I mean, there's lots and lots of fish and supplies listed. And you can browse them randomly. You can browse them by category. um, Or you can look up specific stores. So these are all the stores that people have on Get Gills that are selling on Get Gills. Uh, That's me, Dan's Fish. But there's lots of different folks here selling stuff. So that's what I'm talking about when I say uh, we're trying to integrate PayPal. Right now, Get Gills uses Stripe, which is a perfectly good in my opinion, maybe superior product to PayPal. However, so many people already have PayPal and are comfortable with PayPal and, um, you know, switching to a brand new pay service is not something people all want to do. So we're trying to integrate PayPal because lots of people uh, have asked for it and would like to use it. And we want to accommodate that. So I shipped again for the first time this week since Christmas, just with Christmas and New Year's. uh, There's so many delays in transit, I didn't want to risk the fish. So sent out a bunch of fish on Monday, and I'm happy to report that every one of them arrived already. And as far as I've heard back, everyone has arrived safe and sound. So the change from, uh, you know, just making it next day 
for now, UPS Next Day in this kind of cold weather as we get in the middle of winter. Um, it looks like it's paying off. So we'll keep that. I, I used to have a two-day option, but I don't like to have any losses. My average, for those that don't know, is a little over 90, uh, 99.5% of the fish arrive alive and do well. And the last round was 2.5% did not do well and that was too much so i decided that in this cold weather uh, we're going to do next day and take off the two-day option once it warms up a bit we'll put the two-day option back on there but it looks like it worked at least this week so far so good and so i can say that so far this year we've had 100 success <laughs> one shipment but it was a lot of boxes and a lot of fish so i'm happy about that um, the fish tank barn throwing down five bucks. Happy New Year. Hashtag no more professor. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Hashtag fishmonger. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate the super chat and just appreciate you. You're a cool dude. And uh, thanks for being such a great part of this community, man. All right. Next thing. So I put out a video update yesterday of where we're at in the fish annex build. I'm building a facility to put 40 I'm sorry, uh, 81 40-gallon breeder tanks in to expand the business, and we're making progress. So most of you probably saw the video. If you haven't, take a look at that if you want a real update. Um, I'm not going to go in detail right now because I released a video on it, but I uh, got the second coat of paint on today, was not able to get... I have all the air and water manifolds built, but I was not able to get them installed in the building today. So that's going to happen tomorrow. That's my priority for tomorrow. I'm trying to get that all done before the next shipment of, of aquariums arrives because that's going to take a lot of space. So I want to get all the space taking work done before that happens. So that's where that's at. Um, okay. So I'm going to go over the giveaway information and then I've had a lot of requests for people asking what fish I'm thinking of importing. And so I'll go, go over a list of uh, kind of what I'm thinking, what I'm excited about, what's available to me. And it, it'll be pretty quick. I don't want to, you know, read hundreds of fish off, but I'll, I'll, I'll do some highlights for you so you get an idea of what the plan is. But first, the giveaway. So tonight's giveaway is um, Guayanacara and... I, I'm not 100% sure of the species. They're still small. They're maybe two inches. The biggest one, maybe two and a half inches. So they haven't developed their full color yet. But I think it's Phenazona, not um, Jerry or Jerry or whatever the common name is we hear. And the reason I think that is because due to my research, it seems that... Uh, Jerry or Jerry, I don't have it in front of me right now. Gary, whatever, um, is actually in a place that isn't normally imported from. So if you look at where the fish are collected from, it's most likely that that it's um, Sphenozona is the species. Now, as they color up and mature, th that could change. There's this great chart. If you don't know this, uh, this is a great source for identifying uh, Guayanacara species. It's a small genus and the fish look very similar throughout the genus. So there's just these tiny little differences you can take a look at. 
like the location of the spot? Is it above the lateral line, below it? Is it a solid stripe? How big is it? But I mean, we're talking, I don't know, I'm always nervous, honestly, when um, trying to identify fish based on pictures or just looks. Uh, usually you have to do fin counts, look at teeth, uh, some DNA analysis, stuff like that. So it always makes me nervous, but that is a good resource to know about if you're trying to get down to which species you have. So that's the species I think I have, no guarantees, but that's what I have listed as with the caveat of they might not be this. Um, Alana, uh, not Alanacara, <laughs> Guayanacara, they come from South America, the upper west hump of South America. Um, they, they're not a large fish. Females about three and a half to maybe, maybe four, four and a half inches on a really big one. Males, four and a half inches. I've seen reports of up to six inches, but I think the average is probably around four, four and a half, five inches. Um, but TFH Magazine did have an article where they said, that they can get up to six inches. And that's a fairly, fairly reputable source. So not a massive fish, but not a, not a true dwarf like an Episto or something like that either. Um, Temperament-wise, they seem to be about like an Acara, like a Threadfin Acara or some of the Geophagus species. So they can go in a community tank. I've seen video of them spawning in community tanks. And yes, they're defending their fry and everything, but the other fish aren't all beat up or anything. So for a cichlid, they're very mild. They're still a cichlid. So there's going to be a little bit of cichlid behavior, a little bit of aggression, but they can go in a community tank, even when they're spawning, although they probably would appreciate not being in a community tank when they're spawning. Um, they're cave spawners in captivity. So you take a flower pot and uh, knock a hole in it so they can get in there and spawn. And they don't seem difficult to spawn and raise at all. There's several reports of it happening. So they seem to be a fairly easy fish. Um, they come from slow flowing streams. I've seen videos of their natural habitat and the streams are clear. Um, they're sandy bottoms with random patches of plants. So the parents are like herding the fry into the patches of plants where they'll be safer and can find food and stuff. So they go from patch to patch. Um, and so that's their habitat. Even though they're on a sandy bottom, though, they aren't like a big sand sifter. They're not like a geophagus that I constantly see down pulling sand in its mouth and spitting it out its gills. So they don't necessarily, I think, need sand like a geophagus. I think it kind of needs sand to feel comfortable. Um, they're more like an acara in that way, I would say, than a geophagus. Now, um, in my experience, they've been super hardy. I, I don't think I've lost any from the batch I have. They are fairly peaceful. They're in there with uh, Celebes rainbow fish, some killifish, some corridors, and plecos. No problems at all. And they eat flakes and pellets and everything. So in my experience so far, and granted it's limited, I've only had this one batch. Uh, a lot of the information I'm giving you is secondhand, which is, is not ideal. It's from reading and researching and talking to people. Um, but in my experience, they haven't disappointed. They've proven peaceful and super hardy. And I like them a lot. So those are the fish I'm giving away. So tonight's giveaway is three Guianacara, maybe Svenisona, I think is the species. So in order to win, it's going to be this right here. 
hashtag bandit because their common name is the bandit cichlid. So that's tonight's giveaway. If you'd like to be entered to win, enter hashtag bandit in the, uh, in the chat and we will do a random drawing at some point in the stream. Usually we do it at the very end, but, uh, <laughs> that could change at some point. I keep thinking, well, tonight I should do it at eight o'clock instead of around eight thirty, just to like, just to have a change, but nah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll do that drawing later. Let's see. I, I'm a little rusty. I feel like my flow is a little bit off tonight, but that's to be expected. Two weeks away is a long time. It's like almost, what is that? Two weeks not doing it. Yeah, that's a long time. It's a long time away. Missed you guys. Um, so the last thing I want to do is really quickly go over some of the fish that I'm that I'm thinking of bringing in. So this is the list I am most excited about. This is out of Nigeria. There are three species of Brycinus, which is an awesome kerosene. It's a, it's a tetra species. A Brycinus longipinus is the most common one in the hobby, but there's lots of different species and we usually don't see them. And then here's the part I'm geeking out about. Lots of killifish. So West Africa is the, the, the kind of hub for killi, a lot of killifish collectors. It's, let me make sure I switched back to the right. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I'm switching back to the right screen now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I discovered that now <laughs> instead of <laughs> half an hour from now, like I usually do. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Had to, had to switch the screen. Okay. So, um, so West Africa is where all, most of the Aphiosimian species are and a lot of the lamp eyes. It's really the place where killifish diversification just really took off. So Aphiosimian camaruense, Aphiosimian exigum, Aphiosimian caliurum, Fundulopanchax delta enzi, uh, Fundulopanchax shostedi, which is the blue galeris. It's really funny. On the exporters list, right next to uh, Delta Ends and uh, Shostedi. The common name for each is Big Aphiosimian. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, Chrome Aphiosimian Bivitatum, Aphiosimian Australi, Aphiosimian Arnoldi, and Aphios... Um, oh, I thought that was Aphiosimian. That's all the Aphiosimians that are up top. There's a few others I'll go over later. Then there's several um, lamp eyes, Aplocolictes shelai, Aplocolictes species, Aplocolictes myers eye, Macrothalmus normani. And all these are probably wrong. Um, they're probably actually Congo panchax or Poro panchax or, or a genus like that. Um, the Aplocolictes genus has been split apart and I don't think the exporters have kept up on the, the latest naming trends. So the names I'm saying probably aren't accurate, but they're, they're what's on the list right now. A couple really cool barbs I'm excited about. Barbus gracilis. Um, Barbus, this is a new one to me, Grivaldi. I'll have to look it up. But the one I'm super excited about is J-I, J-A-E. Um, that's a fish that I've been wanting to bring in for a long time. I really like it. Um, there's some 
elephant nose and things like that that I'm on the fence about. I don't know if I'll bring them in or not, but they're available. Some snake heads. Wish I could. Can't. Um, a cichlid I'm really excited about is chromitotoxin. <laughs> Gosh. Hang on. Wait, are we not seeing? Hang on. Let me make sure that. chat. Oh, chat's disabled. Hang on. That's weird. Why? Says health stream is excellent. Why is it not showing chat? Has it been disabled this whole time? Oh, geez. Sorry about that. Like I said, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. I'm a little bit off my game tonight. Um, anyway, back to the list. Jeez, just this big black box there on the side this whole time. Oh, man. Um, anyway, Chromidotilapia gunthrii, it's, it's like the West African version of geophagus. They're a, a sand sifter and earth eater um, out of Africa. And I tried to get them in before and they were shorted. So I'm excited to have another chance to bring that in. Um, several species of of different types of Congo tetras. So I'm excited to try those and see what they are, like the yellowtail Congo tetra and some of the other Congo tetra species that you almost never see are available. Uh, Microcynodonus batesii, I like that little fish. And there's another Microcynodonus just called species Cameroon. So I'm not sure which one that is, but I'll probably bring those in. I like the little Microcynodonus catfish quite a bit. I'm, I'm skipping a lot of stuff. Um, Neolibius ansorgii, that's often called the African neon tetra. It doesn't look like a South American neon tetra, but it's, a, it's the prettiest of the Neolibius species, in my opinion. It's small, little, peaceful tetra, basically. Some different pelvic acromis species, which I won't know what they actually are until they come, but they have a, a red pulcher and a yellow pulcher, and they have some uh, Taniatus species. Um, let's see, what else here is really cool? A bunch of bikers, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to mess with bike, uh, bikers, bichirs, bitchers. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's about, that's, that's a good, oh, some Procatopus. So three different species of Procatopus, which are a great lamp by killifish that I really like. So that, that's kind of a snippet of what's available on that list. And I think, I think that's the list I'll go over. I won't go over the other two. Um, there's another list from Nigeria that's pretty cool. And then there's a list out of Colombia. The thing about Colombia, though, is I feel like pretty much all the fish out of South America we all see and are, are available. Um, I don't feel like there's a lot of fish that come out of Colombia or Peru or, or the Amazon I know there's rare fish, but in general, they're fish that you can already find. So I'm thinking of maybe doing a shipment from Colombia, but I'm going to do the African shipment first and then see how much tank space is left. How much did they short me? What actually came in? All that stuff. So, so that's the plan. The other thing I'm working on, I'm working on two things. One is trying to find 
an exporter of wild type bettas that's reliable. So I have a lead right now with a fella <laughs> from Indonesia that uh, might or might not work out. I've also got a lead with someone in the United States that regularly imports wild type bettas. And so we're talking to see if, if we can make something happen. The, the second thing I'm doing is I'm in discussions with several transshippers because there's a little bit of danger. I've been working with the exporters to try to see if there's a way to ship them straight to Denver where I can pick them up on my own import license and still have them be warm. The problem is, is that the exporters can't put heat packs in their boxes because it's so warm where they are. So if they put heat packs in the boxes, then they'll overheat. So uh, I've got them to agree to send the fish in boxes with extra thick styrofoam liners, and I'll pay extra for that. Um, but I can't get them to put heat packs in, and that makes total sense. I'm not trying to like tell them they should. I don't want the fish to overheat. But if they come without a heat pack and it's 30 below, yeah, that's a problem. It, it, from the time they unload to get to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife for inspection, it can be a few hours, a couple hours. Then by the time U.S. Fish and Wildlife has done their inspection and I get the paperwork to take to customs, then I have to go clear customs. So we're talking about, you know, maybe another couple hours there. And then I finally get back and I can pick them up and put them in a nice warm vehicle. But the whole time between them, between that, they're in an unheated warehouse and it's really cold. So, um, uh, yeah, so Dave brought this to my attention. I, it, it was in the back of my mind, but he was kind of like, wait, you got to you got to think about this. And then I started kind of researching it more in depth about if it's possible to, I was just assuming I could get the exporters to put in heat packs and stuff. I was hoping anyway. So, um, so I've been talking with some transshippers uh, that are in warmer climates in the United States, in the Southern United States. <clears throat> and uh, looks like there's a couple where it might work out where I'll ship to them. They'll do a hundred percent water change put like five heat packs in the box and send it on to me. So by the time it gets up here to the north, um, they're nice and warm. So that's what I'm working on. Um, I've got a couple that are interested in doing that with me and I just haven't received their prices yet. So I have to find out what that's going to cost to do. Hopefully it'll make sense and I can make it work. But if they, if they charge too much and it's just like, ooh, can't afford that, then then I'll have to think of something else. But that's the plan right now. That's kind of where my mind's at. So all that stuff is going into place while I'm building the fish annex and running the space down here. It's been pretty busy, but it's also been really exciting. And thanks to everyone that's supporting and is on the journey with us. We, we appreciate you all very, very much. Okay, so we've done the giveaway. The da, 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 da. I think that's it. Let's get to your questions and comments. Um, I'm going to scroll up, <laughs> see what I missed. And, oh, I didn't thank my mods. It's, it's been a while. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Hope you're all doing okay. 54 Punchy, Kayla's Aquatics, Candy Overholes. And uh, let's see here. Any other mods in? Yes, Skipper's Aquariums is here. Awesome. And his Lumpy Dog made an appearance. Lumpy Dog may or may not appear. He, he's like Gandalf. He appears when he wants to. Chewy LTD, I have a question. Why is it that only native killifish are only on the cares list when about the species of darters and daces 
are all in the U, I'm sorry, IUCN list. I don't know that, Chewy. You're saying uh, the native killifish are just on the CARES list and not on the UICN list, while the darters and stuff are on the um, IU, sorry, not UI, IU, isn't it UI? Whatever that list is. Um, I do not know the answer, Chewy. I really don't. Maybe someone here can chime in, but I, I have honestly no clue. Michael Wentworth, Guianacara are an awesome group of fish. I believe you are referring to, I guess it's Gayi, which to my knowledge is fairly rare in the hobby. Svenosona and Dacraya are more common and still awesome. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the the Gayi, I think is how you pronounce it, is... Um, it's the one, so almost all of them for sale in the United States are listed as that fish. That's what they're imported as. But it's important to know that that's probably not the species you actually have. It's, it's in an area that just isn't collected and exported from very commonly. Yes, exactly. Steenfod Aquatics. Hey, Bob. Good to see you. I said it right. I didn't say Steenfont. I usually throw an N in before the T's. I got it right. All right. Um, ooh, dank tanks. So, Dank, having some trouble with the tank of bristle nose. Good to see you, by the way, Dank. A couple of them are completely raw looking from the back of the head to right before the tail starts. Ooh, looks to be a slimy coating on them. And I, anyone have ideas? Slimy, like up the ridge of the, on the back. In more than one, couple of them in the tank. Well, um, some other people might have better ideas, but when I see like slimy patches on the body and, and what I think you're describing, to me, I automatically start fearing uh, a bacterial infection, and my go-to for that is canamycin and nitrofurazone used together at the same time. So that's personally what I would try, and salt. Salt's great, too. That's personally what I would try, um, and then if there was no response, I'd switch to a gram-positive antibiotic, something like... Uh, triple sulfa or erythromycin or something like that. But in my experience, usually those issues are caused by either Eremonis or columnaris. Um, those seem to be the most common ones. And so that's why I treat with the canamycin and nitrofurazone. Now, use a separate hospital tank. Don't feed the fish while they're in there. Don't have it bioactive. Don't have any like sponge filter in there or anything. You have an air stone for oxygen, but it's not going to be a bioactive system where you have nitrifying bacteria present. So you don't want to be feeding the fish or anything. And the reason for that is those uh, antibiotics, canamycin and nitrofurazone, will kill nitrifying bacteria. So you don't want to have that happen and then the nitrifying bacteria decompose and turn into ammonia in the system. So keep the system clean. I would try it for... Oh, I would try it for about seven days and see if there's any improvement. And if there is, I might continue it for up to 10 days or two weeks. Hopefully they're nice and fat and can, can survive that. 
but that's not a, a antibiotic you can use in a normal tank that's bioactive um, that has cycled filters and media and everything. So you, you kind of have to do it a separate way. And I definitely would do salt, five grams per liter. And the reason is, is when there's an open wound on the fish or when the the epi, when the, the skin and scales and armor of the fish aren't sealed up, fresh water can invade the fish a lot more easily. And so the salt will help them maintain the osmotic balance that they need, even if they have an open wound or whatever. So that'll help take some pressure off their system. So Dank, that's, that's my thoughts just reading that little thing. I'm not a veterinarian. Um, I'm successful treating fish, I would say more than half the time, but not always uh, when it's, you know, some mystery thing. So um, I don't know everything about it for sure. But if I saw that in my tanks, what you're describing, that's the route I would take. It might not be the best route, but it's what I've got for you. Skipper's Aquariums, I am lurking. I am fixing a pellet stove. All right, yeah, got to stay warm. No problem. No problem. By the way, I loved your last video. Got some babies. Got some baby plecos going on at Skipper's Aquariums. That was awesome. Michael Wentworth, hashtag bandit, hashtag breeding in his pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, you could win. We'll see. We'll see. And good to see you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. And again, thanks for being a mod on the Get Gills YouTube group. And um, Michael's building a fish room, and it's been cool to see the updates about it. Thanks for sharing that. Chewy LTD, the species of snakehead from Africa. I don't know. It just says Chana, I think. Yeah, I already closed that out. Um, I think it just says Chana. I don't think it gives me a species. And I, I don't know enough about snakeheads to guess what it could be. I'm guessing there must be native snakeheads to Africa. But since it's a species that's illegal for me to keep, I've never really looked into them. I wonder if it's a name for another fish. I'm not sure. Ugg Aquatics. I got four new male Aplicylus lineatus, the wild form. Good. They're gorgeous, excellent color and bold pattern. Awesome. I hope they do do really well for you. I love that fish. I like the golden wonder morph as well, which is the one we kind of always see at Petco and stuff. But the true wild form of lineatus, um, man, they're stunning. They're just gorgeous fish. That's awesome. It looks like four male Aplicylus lineatus. Um, I'm hoping you can get some females too, get some breeding going on. Oh, flower one stars. Take a breather at Dan's Fish. You are doing fine. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ugg. Or sorry. <laughs> I just got that wrong. Ugg was the previous comment. Thanks, Elf Flower One Stars. <laughs> you sure I'm doing fine? I just got your name wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it's just been a while. Usually, usually I can flow right into a live stream, but I do feel like it's a little little clunky today, but I'll I'll get back. It might take me one or two. What's that I see up there from Annalie? Hey, Annalie, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. I hope you're hanging five and having a good time off in Hawaii. Um, happy New Year and welcome back. Well, Happy New Year to you. Hope you're doing great. Good to see you. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Always appreciated, never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Let's see. I think this is going to be Mike E.M., 
Nice list of killies, Dan. Now send them all to me. Hope you have a big room. This is going to be, let's see here, 600. So call it 10,000 fish probably this order. So hope <laughs> hope you got a tank ready. <laughs> and I will gladly send them all to you, Mikey M. All you have to do is buy them all. <laughs> I'll even give you a discount. <laughs> Small Fry Aquatics, just to talk shop. Great. You're so awesome at rolling with the punches. Thanks. Um, I, every now and then something gets to me, but I'm pretty zen about stuff. I, I guess I made a decision a long time ago to, to not get upset about things I can't control. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. So every now and then that philosophy doesn't hold true. Like every now and then, you know, something just gets to me, but in general, I try to roll with the punches. You're fine with short ships, misidentified fish, non-ships. <laughs> I'm vivid. I think you meant livid. Can you calm down, please? <laughs> hey, small fry. Thanks. Um, yeah. Um, this is a funny industry. You order what you order, then you cross your fingers and you get what you get. And it might be what you ordered or it might not, or it might be much less than you ordered, or it might be a total mystery. I've had lots of total mysteries, but that's just the name of the game. There's, oh, I suppose there's probably some exporters somewhere. Like if I, got, if I bought from like Aquarium Glass or in Germany or something where everything's pretty much correctly identified. But uh, if you're going right to the source, you know, it's you're dealing with a developing nation. They have the information they have and, and they call it what they call it and you get what you get. And on their end, there's a certain number of fish they have to sell in order to make it worth exporting a shipment, right? And so if they don't have everything you wanted, they'll just throw other stuff in the box until they have a big enough shipment to send it out. So it can get, you got to be prepared, prepared for lots of stuff. It's, it's kind of funky. I mean, I wish I got what I ordered every time and I wish it was identified correctly and all that. But one thing I am going to try to do is before I list fish for sale, um, try to get a more expert identification because there's been a few times when I've just gone off the uh, exporters list and then found out later after I made a video and everything, oh, that's the end of the world. But it, it makes you look like a bit of a doofus, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, a couple more. Thanks, everybody. Um, Kevin's Aquatics 1999. Time to party. Brenda. All right. You just made Brenda's day. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you so much. You know that. Um, Wichita. Uh, nope. Michael Cohen. Sorry. Uh, $10 on this one. It's Michael Cohen. Glad to see you back lurking while doing water changes. Have a great stream. Awesome. Lurking while working. That's the way to do it. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. And uh, good to have you around. Michael's another one that's been here for a long time. Good to see you, Michael. Okay. Hang on. Got some jumping going on. Yeah. Hold on. The whole stream did its thing. 
which is good because I got to the bottom and I was like, man, we're out of stuff to talk about. Short stream today, but nope, it just jumped on me. All right, Bearded Bob's Fish Room. Hey, good to see you. Welcome. Glad you're here, Bearded Bob. I am Bearded Dan, but probably not as bearded as you. Just one more fish with Josh. Late, but I made it. Glad you're here. Been waiting two weeks for this show. Yeah, me too. Um, I was actually kind of, I was kind of bummed that Christmas and New Year's landed on Wednesdays. It was nice to have the time off, but I, I miss this. I like this. This is for those that I've talked about this a little bit. Um, so I live in a tiny little town in Wyoming. The nearest like metropolitan city to me is Denver. It's a, it's a six hour drive in good weather. In winter, it can be a lot more. And uh, so I come from Los Angeles and we had tons of fish clubs in Los Angeles. And before that, I was in Northern California. Tons of fish clubs. Um, here in Sheridan, Wyoming, tiny little town, no, no fish clubs. There's a few fish enthusiasts and we get together and stuff, but I miss having like fish clubs. So this is like, you are my fish club. This is my weekly geek out session with other fish nerds that I would normally get by attending uh, club meetings. So I miss this and I, I appreciate you all being here. And so we can, so I can like, you know, be in contact with my people. <laughs> All right. HC Aqua. Fundalopanjax gardneri is our club's grow out fish this year. Any advice on how to grow them the biggest within one year? Oh, you're going for big. Um, well, with most fish, I would say increase the temperature and increase the feeding, increase the water changes. With gardneri, I would say increase the feedings and the water changes. I wouldn't mess with temperature so much. I mean, you could bounce it up, but yeah, they, they tend to not like it too hot. So I would say if you're going to bump up the temperature, I don't know what it's at now, but up to 76, 77 would be probably, a, I mean, you can go higher for sure, but um, I wouldn't say like bump it to 82 or 84 like I would with some other fish, but definitely frequent feedings, just food in front of them all the time with frequent water changes is how you grow the big fish. Um, and don't crowd the tank either. So the, this is the other thing I would do is you'll notice in a batch of gardener eye, there's a small percentage that will just get big much faster than the rest of the batch. So I would separate them. I would keep those and you can feed both batches and grow out both quickly, but those are the monsters that are going to get super big, super fast. So I would feed them, I don't know what your schedule is, but I would feed them live food as often as possible, starting with baby brine shrimp and then adding in stuff. Um, black worms are great once they're a little bigger, any live food you can. And then when you left for work or whatever between feedings, um, I would try to make sure there's enough live food in there that they can snack between feedings. So to grow them super fast, that's what I would do. And I change the water literally like every day, um, like 30% every day. You'll get some monsters going that way. Live food in front of them constantly with that, that, that'll definitely do it. Live plants are really helpful when you're doing this because they help uh, buffer any issues you might have with water quality and things. So if you have water Sprite or some fast growing live plants in the tank, 
that could help as well. So HC Aqua, that's that's my advice. Um, pick out those, uh, you know, the the early maturing, the ones that just go on a growth spurt early on and outcompete everyone else. Pick those out, and I don't know if you have six of them. Put them in a well to start once they're about quarter inch, like a ten gallon tank. Then when they're a little bigger, maybe a twenty gallon tank, so they're not crowded and they've got tons of live food, lots of water changes. They grow quick naturally, but if you do that. They're going to grow real big. Oh, the other trick is get Biasa. So let me see if I can show you this. There's different locations. Basua, uh, Biasa, uh, Biasa, maybe? Hmm, which one is it? Let's see. There's different strains of gardener eye. And the one that I found that grows the biggest for me, like 25% larger than the other ones, is I, I thought it was this one. Funnel Panchex Gardener Eye Biasa. But I'm not really finding. Yeah, here it is. I think I think this is the one. Let's see. Let's see if we can find. Uh, I'm not really finding pictures there. Let's see if there's pictures here. Because I have a feeling that these that I'm seeing here are just uh, Funnel Panchex Gardener and not necessarily the Biasa location. The neat thing about the Biasa location is it's highly, or is it Basua? Hang on. Basua. No, I'm pretty sure it's Biasa. I'd have to look. I might have that location wrong, but there is a location that gets bigger than the others. And so if size is the goal, I would start with those. McCurdy are my favorite just because the, the red spots are large and they're very, very red. And the margins on the fins on the dorsal and anal fin are very clear and distinct. It's just a crisp looking gardener eye. So color wise, I like a good McCurdy really well. But um for size, Biasa or Basua, I think it's Biasa. It's highly variable. Some have just spots, some have yellow and red margins on the fins, some just have blue on them. They're highly variable location. So that's my tips. Tasty fish sauce. Did you get your new tank drill? Yes. And is there a video coming with that in use? Yes. I got it. I love it. Didn't crack any tanks. Smooth as butter. The trick is to get the right bit and that's all in the video but let me show you the bit i'm using just so you know um so last time around i got a really expensive diamond centered bit from gemco it was like almost 200 dollars. it was a really expensive bit and i really didn't I didn't find that it performed like I wanted it to, honestly. Um, I'm not finding it. Let me let me try something else here. Diamond drill bit. Um, I cracked a few tanks and all that. It didn't work for me as well as I wanted. So I went to Home Depot into the tile section and just bought some bits. And I actually found, for me, they work better. 
And so there's two from Home Depot. Here's one of them. And I use this one and it works okay, but it's not as good as, see if I can find it. One's silver, that's the one I showed you. Oh, here's the one. This is the good one. This one's good. It's a little more, but it has a lot more diamond on it. And so it, it, grind, it grinds a lot smoother. You can feel the difference when you're grinding with this bit versus the one from Gemco or the other one from Home Depot. And I found that as long as I change this every 15 tanks, it only lasts about 15 tanks, um, then they just, it drills right through. It's, it's great. No problem. Like, yeah, really easy with that drill press. Now I have water flowing on it. I'll show all this in the video, but that's the drill bit that I like best. It's just a mediocre drill bit from Home Depot, but it seems I've tried several. I've tried four different kinds and this seems to be the one that works the best for me. So, yep, I really like it. Just change it, change it every, for me, it's every 15 tanks. And you can hear it. You can hear it and feel it. It's very distinct. It'll go smooth and you're just drilling tanks, drilling tanks, and then you'll get to one and it won't be as smooth and there's a different sound. And that means, okay, we got to get a new bit or we might risk uh, cracking a tank. But yeah, totally worth it. That drill press, it's a glass drill press. It's expensive. I got it from Gemco. It's aluminum bodied. It's, uh, it's, it's suction cups right on the tank. It's great, but it's expensive. It's like 600 bucks. But um, in the past, I've rented it and it costs about 50 bucks to get it shipped to me and to ship it back. And then it costs 50 bucks, I think it was, to rent it for a week. So that's already 100 bucks in. And I'm going to be drilling lots of holes over the years. So I, I figured it was just time to just buy one instead of paying 100 bucks for rental and shipping each time I need one. And by the way, you can drill with like a cordless handheld drill and all that. But anyone that's tried that, you know it's risky. Like you're always afraid you're going to crack that tank. It's hard to keep it flush on the glass. You, you can't, you can never keep it exactly flush. You're always going to have, have it tilting on you and things. And that can lead to chipping and lead to cracks and other problems. So I'm real happy with the drill bit or the drill press. Um, Patrick Stephenson. Stevenson? Stephenson. I'm looking for Asian rummy nose for my Asian community tank. Um, yeah. Solawasi. Um, I don't, there might be some at Get Gills. Let's take a gander. So here's Get Gills. Uh, where would we find those? Price I print a day. Let's see if there's any here. Nope, not at the moment. They have been on here. They aren't right now. I, I hate to uh, say it, but you might want to check out Aquabid because uh, that's one that's frequently there. And by the way, the Asian rummy nose likes, likes hard alkaline water. It, it, just so you know, you know, a lot of the fish, a lot of the uh, different rasboras and things we think of as soft acidic water, that comes from a lake that has really hard, really alkaline water. So just be aware of that for your community tank there, uh, Patrick. Michael Wentworth. Care is an IUCN. It is IUCN. Okay. Are completely separate. Oh, yeah. 
IUCN actually has many species classified drastically differently than CARES. I believe I posted a video or article about it a few weeks ago. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So check out the Get Gills Facebook group, uh, Chewy, and uh, you can check out Michael's uh, info that he posted. Yeah, they, I mean, CARES is just a hobbyist invented run program. Uh, IUCN is, I believe, is it actually like legitimate with governments and things like that? It's like the red list and all that. I think so, because I think I have to check that when I'm uh, importing fish and things like that. Melifex Farm. I spoke with an ichthyologist yesterday about some fish I got from you in their scientific name because I was curious. Turns out the striped kyathit danio is actually called danio. Oh, good to know. I'm going to make a, a note of that. It's got a separate species, danio quagga now. Um, Melifex Farm, would you do me a favor? Would you email me and just say... Um, that, you know, Stripe Kaitha Daniel called this. And maybe if you could give me the contact info, if you don't mind, of the person who told you that um, or send me their credentials and stuff. I just want to I have to be really careful. Like, I totally believe you, but I want to be able to, like, go to that university's website and read about that person and, and see their credentials and stuff um, and, and then be like, OK, good. I'm changing it. So I, I need to do a little due diligence on my end before I just go, you know, changing things. But that's good to know. And I believe it because they do look quite different. And, you know, the whole Daniel complex and all those. Uh, uh, Cyprinids coming out of Asia and things there. Um, there's a lot of work scientifically to be done there. So it's changing all the time. And I really appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Um, if I could get the name of the person, I don't actually, I don't even need their contact info. Um, I, their name and the, univer the university they work at would be, or the institution they work at would be enough. And then I can get online and check it out myself. I don't need to email them directly or anything. Um, Patrick Stephenson, I'm looking for, okay, got it. Sorry. GT Aquatics. Can you have Celebes rainbows and Praecox rainbows? Yes. And same 55 gallon and still get breeding behavior in both. Yes. And they will not hybridize. Um, the Celebes rainbow is not truly a rainbow fish. It's very closely related. It's what we would call an honorary rainbow fish or an honorary. Yeah. Totally different genus than the Praecox. Um, so distantly related that I don't think they could ever hybridize. And if they did, the, the offspring are probably not going to be viable anyway. So absolutely. Excuse me. Yes, absolutely. You can keep those together. You can breed them and not have any issues with uh, crossing or hybridization. All righty. Rolling right along. I'm, I'm starting to get back in the groove. I feel it a little bit. I feel a little bit. Zach Billings. Will the bandit cichlids be okay with cardinal tetras, corridors, keyhole cichlids, epistogrammas, in a seven foot by two foot footprint? Oh, I like that footprint, Zach. Um, I would say they'd be okay with everything there except, except for possibly the cardinal tetras. And possibly the corys. So, you know, if it's a pygmy quarry species, they might get anything that can easily fit in their mouths, they're going to eat. They're not aggressive, but 
if it's like, oh, that's easy, they'll suck it in their mouth. So as they grow bigger, um, if it's one of the pygmy quarry species like Habrosis or Pygmaeus or Histatus or something, um, then there's a possibility they might get eaten. But if you're talking about like a full-grown Aeneas or Paleotis or uh, Trilineotis or uh, common quarries of a common size, totally fine. Uh, keyhole cichlids, yep. Epistogrammas, yeah, I think full-grown epistos could hang. Um, cardinal tetras, maybe full-grown cardinals because they do get a couple inches would be okay. But if they can fit in their mouth, if they're smaller, that could be an issue. So they're peaceful, but if it fits in their mouth, they're a fish they eat. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think, I think you're onto something there, Zach Billings. By the way, that sounds like an awesome aquarium. Seven foot by two foot with that group of fish. That sounds great. Provided the cardinals are big enough to hang. If not, you might want to consider switching to like a deep bodied um, kerosene, like uh, a diamond tetra or bleeding heart tetra. One of those tetras that gets a nice deep body to it might be safer. Ugh. Aquatics. I'm officially a breeder supplier. Cool. Sold fish I bred to my LFS and they asked for more. Awesome, Ugg. Welcome. Welcome to the madness of fish selling. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad. When it gets really crazy is when you start producing so many fish, your LFS can't take them all and you start selling online. Then you know you got a problem. <laughs> Chewy LTD, there are four species of snakeheads currently that come from Africa. Cool. And like the ones from India, would not survive Canada winters. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think the list just says like Chana species. So I'm not sure which species it is, Chewy. Carla Molenkamp, any luck breeding South American puffer fish? I haven't tried it, but I'm glad I caught your comment because it reminds me the South American puffers I have or Amazon puffers are almost ready to list. They're, they're getting fat, no losses for a long time. They're eating prepared foods really well. They're, they're almost ready. So I think in a week, maybe two at the most, um, I'll start listing that. I might do it sooner than that. So everyone that's been waiting for those, the Amazon puffers, also known as South American puffers, um, it took a few months. They they came in in pretty bad shape, but uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty much ready to go. So I know some folks have been waiting for those. But uh, Carla, I've never tried to breed puffers. The puffer babies when they first hatch. Okay, so puffers originated in the ocean and then migrated to fresh water and ocean fish typically and this includes the puffers have really tiny eggs with really tiny babies with poorly developed mouths because in the ocean they just become part of the plankton swarm if you will zooplankton and there's so many tiny things that they don't even have to have a functioning mouth that opens and closes. They kind of just swim around with an open mouth and food just gets in there. Now, puffers are a little different, but that's kind of the, the issue with breeding and raising a lot of saltwater fish is just how do you feed the babies? They have poorly developed mouths and they eat tiny, tiny things. So puffers went from the ocean, migrated into fresh water and brackish water, well, brackish then fresh, and um, 
and have the same reproductive issues as the ocean-going puffers do. They spawn tons of eggs and they kind of go up in a plankton swarm and have to have tons of tiny, tiny little foods. Now, puffer babies do have a, an okay developed, a mouth that's somewhat developed and can eat stuff, close their mouth and stuff, but they're tiny. And so you have to grow infusoria or rotifers or other really, really small, small live foods. And it, it kind of has to be live foods for them to eat. So even folks that breed puffers almost never successfully raise the babies, except for Preston John, a guy out of Arizona, he's doing it. There's some other folks that are doing it as well. But really when you're breeding puffers, yes, you're breeding puffers and yes, you're raising baby puffers. But what you're really doing is learning how to grow rotifers and infusory and other tiny foods. So you become proficient at culturing the foods they need then give it a stab. And you ha if you haven't done it yet, um, could someone link Preston John's YouTube videos on breeding the Congo puffer, spotted Congo puffers, if someone knows where they are? Um, if not, Carla, do a, a YouTube search for Congo puffer breeding um, or spotted Congo puffer breeding or Preston John. That's about as good information as you're going to get on the subject. From him, not me. I've never bred him. Ugh, aquatics. Last time I got wild pairs of lineatus, um, linea, it's lineatus, lineatus. So, so the correct, it's applicalis lineatus. I have fry. Cool. I have females about ready to start breeding. Awesome. They're still a bit too small to add in with the new males. Post pics in Facebook group. That's great. I'm so glad. Yeah, I, actually, I think I remember we talking about this and I was like, breed them, breed them. <laughs> it's hard to find the wild type lineatus anymore. It's all golden wonders now. Sylvia R., did I miss any new fish updates? Um, for me, it's basically just the, uh, I made an update yesterday, a video about the fish annex. A lot of my attention has been going to building that sucker. I'm trying to get it up and running basically before I run out of money. <laughs> I've got to get it up and running and get an order in and uh, get it acclimated and ready to go and sold before I, you know, I can't drag my feet on that project. And so, because uh, it costs a lot to build it. Um. So I've been really, really focused on that. But I did talk, Sylvia, earlier in this live stream about uh, some of the species that are available for me to order um, from an exporter that I'm thinking of importing. So you could uh, watch that on the replay or rewind and, and take a look. Just got to Bob, K uh, Bob Kaler Aquatic, to Kaler's Aquatics Super Chat. Thanks again, Bob. But for those wondering how far behind I am... <laughs> <laughs> That's how far behind I am. Mikey M. Unfortunately, I'm in Europe. Oh, have some killies already, though. Awesome. Awesome. Well, in Europe, you have access to all kinds of stuff. All those Scandinavian guys and German guys that go to Africa and collect. Um, oh, you probably have access to a lot more species of aphiosimians and fundalopanchaks and nothos than I ever will. So I'm a little jealous. But good for you. Beast heart. Okay, looking to find some fish that can breed in 100-gallon unheated pond. I don't want mosquito fish or goldfish. Um, look into look at Nanfa. 
nanfa.org. That's the Native American Fish Association.org. Any of the Native American species um, would, uh, North American species would, would probably fit the bill. There's lots of species of killifish. Um, they're the fundalus genus generally. There's lots of species of shiners. There's all, there's all kinds of amazing fish in our backyard here in the USA. The, there's sunfish. Uh, Megalotus, the, the long-eared sunfish, is amazing. Its colors vi- – look at this thing. You probably know what this is, but – These guys, Lepomus megalotus, a friend of mine um, had a bunch in a big tank. I think it was a 600-gallon tank, um, and their colors rival that of discus. I mean, they were absolutely stunning fish. Yeah, like that. And, and that's no joke. They are that beautiful, and I'm not sharing this. Here we go. <laughs> you couldn't even see that. These guys are just absolutely beautiful. And these might be the ones. There's a population in Missouri that's super red. I, I wonder if it's this one. But, yeah, that's a beautiful fish. But there are so many. Now, if you don't want to go with Native American species, look into fish from China. Most of the fish from China like cool water. There's all kinds of bitterlings. There's, there's all kinds of loaches and um, different catfish and cyprinids from China that love cold water. And then there's some European species some of, and some of the uh, Mideastern species. Some of the Aphanius killifish species will do fine. Um, there's some loaches, like weather loaches and things that don't mind cold water. So, um, yeah, you have a lot of options available. A lot more than mosquito fish or goldfish. Just made it to... Uh, Michael Cohen's Wichita Falls Fish Keepers uh, Super Chat. And then it jumps on me. Here we go. Is posting the article about CARES and uh, IUCN on Get Gills Meow. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you doing that. (laughs) I love that you typed meow. (laughs) That's hilarious. Patrick Stevenson, you missed my comment. I'm sorry. Did I get to it now? Hopefully, if not, repost it, please, and I'm, I, I might still get to it before we're done here. Oh, it's Mickey M is correct pronunciation. Okay, Mickey M. <laughs> I was like, Mike, E-M. <laughs> Mickey M it is. Just one more fifth. <laughs> I butchered it. Just one more fish with Josh. Fish room update, 38 tanks installed, 62 to go. Awesome. I've, I've got to make a note to check. I have, I've got to confess, I've been so preoccupied with my own projects that I have not watched any videos or anything of your project. If you have any, I'm assuming you do. I think we talked about it before. But I want to see that. So I'm making a note. I love fish room builds. That's so exciting. Fish tank barn, washing out a pretzel jar and getting hydrogen peroxide for angelfish eggs. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, pretzel jars are perfect for that. T. Miller, I wish Northern Wyoming had some kind of fish club. Yeah, we we did. uh, We had the uh, SAS, Sheridan 
Aquarium Society. We still have a Facebook group. You can check it out, uh, Shared in Aquarium Society. And we did meetings for a while. And then it was kind of like such a small town and such a small group of fish keepers that we all kind of kept in touch and knew each other without the club. So, yeah. <laughs> it kind of it kind of went the way of the dodo. We might bring it back. Um, every now and then, it might be fun to do like a biannual barbecue or something just to get back together. But the monthly meeting thing kind of didn't didn't really work out that well. Skippers Aquariums, I'm back. Hope your pellet stove is cranking out the heat for you, buddy. Father Fish, first off. Father Fish, welcome. I love your videos. I love your stuff. I'm thrilled that you're here. Good to, good to see you. Glad you're here. Getting our Get Gill site up this week. Awesome. Um, if you have any issues at all, please email me, dan at getgills.com, and me and Jonathan will help you with whatever issue might arise. So if, if you have any problems or questions about it, we're here to help, and it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I, I love watching your stuff. Uh, I love the old school style. Skipper's Aquariums. I'm going to do a fish room soon. Awesome. When did you want to come to PA and help build it? Oh, man, I wish I I actually would love to do that. If I had all the money I needed and didn't have to actually make a like and could go not have to worry about obligations of work and stuff, I would totally do that. I would totally go build a fish room with you. I think that would be fun. QELTD. There seems to be a lot of fish from Florida, like the flagfish in the hobby, but there are some very interesting uh, fiery black shiners from Carolinas. Do you ever see oddball natives? Yes, I love the fiery black shiners. In fact, it's probably my favorite fish from that river system. And you can get them from Saks Aquatics. Aquaculture, sorry. Um, I'll share this with you and link it up. So this is where I got mine from, and uh, it's loading, loading, loading. Yeah. So here's their website. Give it a whirl. But fiery black shiners are fantastic fish. They're hardy. They're colorful. They're active. Um, and here's the other place you might be able to. Oh, hang on. I didn't. Sh I didn't share the screen. I shared the link. Let me get you the screen. So here's a screen. This is Saks Aquaculture. Let's see if they have fiery black. Fiery black. Um, let's just go shiner. Okay, shine shiner. Let's see if oh shiner has two ends, one end. Shiner, one end. Okay, so here's some stuff just for funsies. Fiery Black Shiner. Here they are. $8.95. And they are gorgeous. I mean, this picture gives you an idea of what they look like, but they're, they're much prettier than that. This red, black, and white is awesome. Lots of iridescence. And the males get, these blacks get really super jet black and contrast with the white on these unpaired fins. And then the uh, males get these tubercles on their heads when they're ready to breed. Um, I it's such a great fish. Max size, um, they get about, I don't know, how big were they? Maybe three inches or so. And then the other place is Jonah's Aquarium. Let's see if uh, Jonah's Aquarium 
here's their website. I've not ordered from them, but they have a pretty good reputation. So, um, and let's see, fish list. Let's see if we get lucky here. See any fiery black shiners. Oh, close. This is closely related. What's that? 12 or five bucks in quantity, maybe. Um, well, anyway, I don't see them on there, but it doesn't mean they don't have them. I just did a real quick scroll. But yeah, Chewy, um, they're amazing fish. And let's see here. They were on my patio in a 60 gallon, no, in a 55 gallon in Santa Barbara. I think one week it did get hot. It got up to like 80 degrees in that tank because they were outside. Um, and they did fine. I don't know if they'd do fine at that high of a temperature for prolonged periods, but they were hardy enough to get up to 80 and, you know, down to freezing. As long as the water is liquid and doesn't freeze solid, they're going to be fine. Um, but yeah, man, one of my favorite fish. They truly are amazing. Veranid guy, good to see you, brother. Good to see you too. Glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. Elflower one stars. Did do you sell salt and pepper quarries? I do sometimes. I don't have any at the moment. Um, when I do sell them, it's generally the long fin variety. Excuse me. My lips are super dry. I'll fix that. Because the normal salt and pepper quarry is just about the most common quarry you can find. Those in Corridors Aeneas. And so uh, most people can find them locally. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to sell them online. But that being said, I bet we could find some. Let's take another journey. I bet on here there's some Paleotis. Um, I'd be surprised if there weren't. Peppered Cory. Yep, Corridor's Paleotis. $3.95 from Pez Aquatics. That's one source. Um, and, and there might be more. Feel free to take a look-see there on Get Gills. I do love that fish, though. Super hardy, super easy to breed. Yeah. Nice pattern. I like the iridescence they get on the cheeks, like a green on the gill plates. Cat in fish. Just got me some angelfish. They are beautiful. Hope they pair up and have babies. Well, depending on how many you got, if you got like six or so, you're probably going to end up with at least one pair. If you only got two, then I hope you get a pair. <laughs> it's long odds. Mega Mindy Lou drinking game. Every time Dan drinks, you drink too. <laughs> How you feeling there, Mega Mindy Lou? Oh, wait. How you doing? <laughs> How's your head feeling? <laughs> um, Skipper's Aquariums, if you have any questions for Dan, type add Dan's fish first. Yes, that'll highlight for me. Then I can jump right to it. Melafex Farm. Sure thing. I'll send you an email in a sec. Thank you so much. Candy, thanks for linking my email. You can get me at dan at dansfish.com or, 
or Dan at GetGills.com. Either one's fine, but if it's GetGills related, it's a little helpful if it's Dan at GetGills.com. doesn't really matter, though. Rockford Fishkeeping. Hey, good to hear from you. I think my clown killies are doing the dance, but not sure since it's my first killies I've had. Any words of wisdom? If they are side by side, like swim side by side and vibrate real quickly, then they're spawning. So the males will flare and display and all that, but you'll know they're spawning when they come together and vibrate next to like a plant or something like that. Ugg Aquatics. Did you ever get the ringed kythids? Do you ever get the ringed kythids? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I Well, okay, kythids. I don't know if I brought in the ringed kythids. I was thinking Tin Winnie, um, the gold ringed Danio. So I can't say for sure that I brought in ringed kythids. No, no, I haven't. I, I actually prefer the striped, um, which is why I brought those in instead, just because... For me, the orange on the body and the fins is more pronounced in the striped variety, but the ringed are pretty too. It's just I had to make a choice, so I went with the striped. The Fish Tank Barn, another five bucks. Woo! Making it rain, Mike. At Dance Fish, for the hydrogen peroxide for the angelfish egg hatching, do you dose the daily or once? I I dose um, every time I change water and I'm a little nutty, I typically change water, I don't know, two to three times. So every time I change water, I add hydrogen peroxide. If I couldn't change water that often, then I would probably dose in the morning and again right before bed or in the, as late in the evening as, as you're up and working in the fish room. Um, just because hydrogen peroxide will generally dissipate over that time. So adding the second dose probably won't do any harm. And then I would assume in that scenario that the water is being changed once a day. But for me, it's as as often as I change the water itself in the hatching container. And that varies depending on, um, you know, my schedule and everything, but usually at least two to three times a day. And again, I realize for, uh, that's not possible for everyone. Uh, if you got to go work or whatever you got going on in your life, but that's how I do it. Michael Wentworth, for those interested in breeding puffers, look up Preston John. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Zen Ginger, can these cichlids go with discus? I would think so. Um, And I'm saying think (coughs) because I've always kept them, again, just this one batch is all my experience with them in the mid-70s, and they're doing great. I'm assuming they could take temperatures that discus like in the low 80s. I'm assuming that's the case, but um, you might want to double check on the upper limits of their temperature range. But as long as the temperature um, is fine, then I think attitude wise that they would be fine with discus. Yes. Now, I'm assuming it's a large tank if you have discus. And I'm assuming that if the Guianacara spawned, it would be a big enough tank with line of sight blocks and things for the discus to get away out of the spawning territory. If they spawned and that wasn't the case, you could be in trouble just because discus are not a fast fish, right? They're a pretty slow, sedate fish, not a rapid swimmer. And so if if there wasn't a way to get away from the spawning territory and line of sight blocks and things like that, then if there was a spawning event, then you might run into issues. But that's the only problem I could think of that. And if the Guianacara like it up at 
the temperatures you're keeping your discus at. But off off the cuff, I would think, yeah, they would probably be fine with that, that temperature. I just haven't looked into it. I've always kept them in the mid-70s. Um, Varanid guy, those panda gars are doing great. I'm so glad to hear it. During my last water change, they started rasping on my hand. I know, I love it when they do that. They'll do that with me too. If I Sometimes I'll take a chunk of rapashi and put it down. Um, and they'll all come up and mob me or sometimes I'm just cleaning the algae and they all, it's like the doctor fish thing, right? They just come and scratch your hand. Yeah. I wasn't looking and it startled me for a moment. It was so cool. Yeah. It's not a bad feeling though. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's a pleasant feeling when they do that. It didn't bug me at all, but yeah, I could see I was startled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you like them. I love a big mob of pandagars and in this group is, uh, it's starting to color up the, uh, Light patches, which were light brown, are starting to turn like a bright gold on some of them. Okay, it's not bright gold, but it's it's a yellowish kind of bright color that contrasts nicely with the, the darkness of the saddle. So it's starting to look pretty good. I don't want to give the wrong impression. Bright gold. Yeah. All right. Anna Lee. I start my pea puffer fry on infusoria, then white worms, and my clownfish fry on rotifers. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. That's the key, right? The small little live foods. You got to get good at culturing them and keeping the cultures from crashing so you have a constant supply. I think I think once you figure that out, you can raise almost all fry because the issue with most fry is that uh, it's a size thing. If they're not big enough to eat baby brine shrimp from the get-go, then it's hard because infusory and rotifer cultures are, are take maintenance and take practice. But once you get that down... Yeah, you're next level. So that's awesome, Annalie. It's awesome you're raising those little baby fry up. It's, it's, a, it's an accomplishment. A lot of us can't do that. What? What? Kayla's Aquatics, 1999. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it so much. Okay, here we go. Go! Wasn't as good as some announcers, but it was a good shot. Reminds me of my time in Argentina. <clears throat> People go nuts at those soccer games. Or as we called it, football. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for the super chat. <clears throat> Patrick Stevenson, I have the overproduction problem with angels. Yes. <laughs> in the last four months, I produced 300 dark marbles veil, dark marble veils. And now have a pair of silver veil blacks producing regularly and no LS, no LFS. Well, my friend Patrick, <clears throat> I have a solution for you. It's called getgills.com where you, yes, you can sell your extra angelfish. But yeah, I hear you. They really do produce once they get going. If you get a pair and they're compatible and you figure out the trick to kind of getting the eggs to hatch and everything. Yeah, angelfish can overrun you for sure. Which is a good problem to have. Oh, I think I'm going to double check that I did not miss any super chats because I think I did. Rick, Rick Stidham, $5 Annex Fund. Thank you, Rick. Sorry I missed it earlier. The Rainbows and Kaitha Daniels and Carrie Tetras are all doing awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad to hear that. 
that's that's what keeps me going, man. And that's usually what happens. But I, I do I do always want to say for anyone that has had a problem with any of the fish I shipped you, and it does happen on occasion, I, I'm sorry. I I I try, I try, I try, but that last shipment that we did in December, two point two point five percent losses probably isn't that big a deal to most people, but it's much higher than I'm used to. And so I, I feel a little bad about that, but I'm glad yours, Rick, are doing well. I'm thrilled to hear that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it, it really, really, the thing that makes this all worth it is when <clears throat> someone tells me weeks or months later, man, those fish you sold me are doing awesome. Or especially when someone's been looking for a fish for years or months or, or has been unsuccessful many times with the species, and then I'm able to send them some and help them be successful. That's when it's like, that's when it feels really good to be in business. And that's when I feel like I'm making a difference. Yeah. Okay. We have five minutes. I'm going to be a little short and sweet with these answers to close this out here. So we can get to the drawing, which uh, is three bandit cichlids. Guanacara, insert species here. El flower one stars. Just love how Dan discusses different kinds of fish. Incredible. Hey, thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Sometimes I do worry I'm long-winded, but this is who I am. And I, I want to give full answers to the questions and stuff. Uh, Father Fish at Dance Fish, really exciting to find someone with in-depth knowledge of fish. Right back at you. That's why I love your channel. Um, <laughs> I, I just bask in it. I'm just like, yes, more. Just dump all that knowledge into me. Yes. <laughs> Go right back at you, Father Fish. <clears throat> Ugg Aquatics. Have you ever seen the American native saffron shiner? Um, I don't know if I have. I've kept crimson shiners. Let's, oh, yes. No, not in person. Let's show people this fish. This is a pretty amazing fish. So here it is. I've not seen it in person, but I do know what it looks like from, there's this big book, um, about keeping native aquarium fish, um, native, okay, backtrack, fish native to North America in aquariums. It's an awesome book. And I believe this picture, if this picture isn't in the book, it's something like that, where you see just how, how gorgeous they are. So I've seen pictures of them. I've never kept them. Um, this is the fish I've kept which my mind went to at first. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to have to show you that later when I have more time. It brought up something called a crimson shower, which I'm not going to share. Um, but yeah, all, so many of the shiners are so beautiful. The fiery blacks are nice, though, because they aren't only pretty when they're in spawning condition. A lot of the shiners... They're cool-looking fish, but they really don't go full color in full, like, just mind-blowing awesomeness unless they're actually spawning. But the fiery black is pretty all the time. Another one is the Rainbow Shiner, specifically from the Cahaba location. 
the Cahaba location um, is beautiful because even when it isn't spawning, when they spawn, they turn this bright pink and I've spawned them and it's beautiful. But even in this location, when it's not spawning, it has these iridescent bright blue flex scales that are scattered randomly across the fish. It's just beautiful. Even when they're in their like Meh, dress, it's still gorgeous. All right. Risa Real. Hiya at 54 Punchy. Yes. And at Candy. Yes. And at me. Hey, I made the list. Thanks, Risa. Glad you're here. Big Yak 35. <clears throat> Tank shut. I'm not sure if the grayish ones are hatching. Tanks. Oh, thanks. But I'm not sure if the grayish ones are hatching. Big Yak, I'm sorry, I'm not following that comment. I, I'm sure it's something we discussed just a little while ago, but my brain's not attaching the thread. Okay, scrolling, looking for stuff. Big Yak, how much peroxide do you use in a 30-gallon tall? Um, so I wouldn't. I only use peroxide in small little egg hatching containers. Um, the peroxide, if you... If you use it in a bioactive system like a big aquarium, you might have problems. It might kill your nitrification cycle. But let me share with you what I do. Um, medication. Nope. Hang on. I'm looking for it. I'm uh, running out of dosing list. I've got a list. Why is it not? Fish med is called med, not medication. That's why. Okay. So here you go. So this is my list of dosing. And so what I use for hydrogen peroxide is an egg bath. This right here is two milliliters per gallon. And that's what I would start with. My water is really soft. There's not a lot in it for the hydrogen peroxide to react with. Um, if you have hard water, you might need to put more in because there's a lot in the water for it to react with and you still need enough to react with the eggs. So you might have to play with it. You might have to start with that and then, hey, that didn't work. Maybe you have to increase it to four or to six per gallon. Um, everyone's water is different, but I start with two milliliters. And then if I run in a situation where that's not working, I up the dosage is, is how I, I run through that. Um, let's see here. I think, well, we're out of time. It's 830. I'm, I'm missing some. Oh, Patrick Stevenson, Cahaba River is 60 miles from me. Man, I, you're lucky because that is the most beautiful location for rainbow shiners ever. The Paint Rock River location is pretty as well, but it, it doesn't have those Oh, those, those bright blue flecks are so, okay, we're going to do the drawing and close it out, but let me show you what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, rainbow shiners. See if I can find an example. Here it is. So this here is what a Cahaba strain rainbow shiner looks like when it's not spawning. See all this bright iridescent blue on it? It's gorgeous. It's stunning. And that's just its normal dress. A lot of rainbow shiners, some strains. Yeah, this one too. But here's what some locations of rainbow shiners look like. 
when they're not in spawning dress. And then when they're spawning, they're brilliant. They're a bright, vibrant pink color like, like this, something like that. But only when they're spawning. So the reason I like the Cahaba train, a strain, and there's probably other locations that have this, are because of this brilliant blue color that is apparent year-round. They don't have to be spawning to have it. So that's why I suggest that one. And, and if I remember right, I think that's the strain that Saks Aquaculture sells is the Cahaba strain. All right, time to do the drawing. Um, we're a couple minutes over, and I promised my uh, <clears throat> moderators that I won't keep them too long. Um, 54 Puncher, are you going next? Um, if so, would you let us know? Um, probably around 9 o'clock, I'm assuming. I'd like to send everyone your way if that is indeed the case. But... <clears throat> In the meantime, while I'm waiting for 54 Punchy to respond, actually, yeah, let's just link that up. If you are going next, 54 Punchy, let's just link up your uh, your stream so people know where to go. Let's do the draw. <clears throat> Sorry, let's do the drawing. Here we are. Okay. And drum roll, please. The winner is... Hillbilly Nomad, you have won three Guanacara cichlids that I will mail to you on Monday. As long as you're here, because you do have to be present to win, um, and let us know in the next minute that you're here and accept, and then send me an email and I'll take care of you. So let's all see. Candy Overhauls has posted the link to 54 Punchy's uh, live stream, which is going next, probably around 9 o'clock, I assume. So if you want more and you want good stories, like only a lady living in Wyoming can tell them, <laughs> come on over. Let's see here. Just waiting. Hillbilly Nomad, I'm here. Awesome. Congratulations, Hillbilly Nomad. Glad you won. I'm really loving these cichlids. I hope they do well for you and that you like them too. If you would send me an email at the, at the email Candy just posted, dan at dansfish.com, uh, by noon tomorrow, please, letting me know your real first and last name and your shipping address, then I will ship them out to you on Monday and we'll go from there. All right, Peplin Creek. Yep, I see him. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Everybody, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for uh, bearing with me while I got through the uh, rustiness of not doing this in a little while. Thanks to my moderators. I really, truly appreciate you guys. It blows my mind how you're willing to just come and basically work for free every week to make this live stream successful. I really appreciate it. Everyone that threw a super chat in, thanks so much. It, uh, it's never required but it so does help and it is greatly appreciated. Everyone that left questions and comments and helped us be lively, thanks. It would be boring if you guys didn't participate. I'd run out of stuff to say pretty quickly. And all you folks that are lurking, I'm with you. Everyone watching on the replay, thanks for being here. Um, if you're looking to buy or sell fish, getgills.com is a great place to do it. If you wanna support us, dancefish.com is where I sell stuff. And yeah, we're always happy to get an order. Until next time, we'll see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Hope you have a good one. Bye-bye.